presenting the transcription feature, Superman. And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, are now visiting the ranch of Editor White's friend, Comanche Joe, out in the far west. Kent is to collect material for a story on the strange howling of a mysterious coyote, whose cry, according to Indian legend, means impending doom. In our last episode, we heard how Rawson, Comanche's ranch foreman, schemed to convince the Indian that the legend was actually true, so that he might force Comanche into selling his ranch and oil field for practically nothing. Jimmy and Kent are to be made members of the Comanche tribe. During the ceremony, Jimmy will have to do a dance on the great Comanche war drum. Meanwhile, Rawson's henchman, Dusty, will be lying off in the surrounding woods, waiting to shoot Jimmy with a rifle when he hears the coyote howl. No one besides the two villains, not even Clark Kent himself, knows of the danger that awaits Jimmy. We join them now on the Comanche reservation where the tribal ceremony is taking place. Listen. Comanche, this is really one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. Great fires blazing in the night. Comanche braves dancing around the great war drum. Quite the picture, isn't it, Kent? It certainly is. You and Jimmy will have to do a dance on that drum before the night is over. Ah. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not much on dancing. Just watch how my brother's dancing on the fire. You'll catch on to it easily enough. Hey, by the way, where is Jimmy? Oh, over there with Tumbleweed Jones. Oh. Kent, I have never seen two people take to each other so quickly as Tumbleweed and Jimmy. <laughs> In three short days, they've become inseparable. Tumbleweed talks about nothing but that young friend of yours. <laughs> and Jimmy talks about nothing but Tumbleweed. <laughs> oh, wait. My father approaches. Oh, Chief Running Fox? I believe that's what he's called? Yes. He's certainly a fine-looking man. Majestic in that war bonnet and paint. Ali, break, break, over. Ali, break, break. My father, I wish you to meet our friend, Clark Kent. Kent, and my father raises his hand. You raise yours. Uh, How do you do? We ready for ceremony. You ready? I'm ready. Uh, little fella, him ready? I believe he is, yes. We begin. Ali! About to stop. Little fella, come forward. Me, sir? You. Jimmy looks scared to death. I don't blame him. No, there's nothing to be afraid of. But here comes Tumbleweed. <laughs> he looks as if he's kind of enjoying all this. Oh, he is. Hello, Tumbleweed. Hi. Well, Jimmy looks scared to death, Tumbleweed. Yeah, I've <laughs> told him what to do and how to do it. Break his skinny neck if he don't do it like I told him. <laughs> <laughs> how long is this ceremony going to last? Uh, it'll take an hour or so for Jimmy. And another hour for you. Oh. There, see? They're stripping him. They're what? I've got to take those eastern clothes off him and dress him in buckskin. Oh. Then they'll paint his face all over. Better relax and watch all this carefully, Kent. In another hour or so, you'll be going through the same thing Jimmy's going through now. of Jimmy Olsen into the Comanche tribe continues. Meanwhile, lying off in the woods, waiting for the moment when Jimmy will mount the great Comanche war drum, waiting for the signal of the coyote howl, is Dusty, Ross and Henshaw. 
a bullet chambered in his 30-06 rifle, a bullet destined for Jimmy Olsen. The tribal ceremony progresses. Listen. Kent. Yes, Comanche? The time has now arrived when Jimmy will climb onto the great Comanche war drum and perform the dance which will admit him to the tribe. Yerlin looks as if he's enjoying it all. Yes, I believe. I could see he finally began to realize there was nothing to be afraid of. You see, they are walking Jimmy toward the drum. <laughs> it seems funny watching little Jimmy surrounded by all those medicine men and strange headdresses. Yes. Oh, your father, Chief Running Fox, is walking with him. Yes, my father likes Jimmy very much. What name are they going to give Jimmy? He will be called Technopasiklata, Little Laughing Squirrel. Oh, and what will they call me? To the Comanche tribe, you will be known as Roponikaklek, which means in Comanche, the man with two pair of eyes. That's because of the glasses you wear, Ken. Oh, I see. Look there. Jimmy's being hoisted under the drum. Now the little fella's got to start dancing. <laughs> Better get started there, little fella. Oh, tumbleweed for Canara in the city of Britain. Why, that's it, Jimmy. That's it. Hey, Comanche, he's doing all right. Just like a real Indian. Yes, Kent. He's got the spirit of the tribal ceremony. He will make a good brother to the Comanche. Well, I hope I can do as well. Oh, here comes your father, Chief Running Fox. Uh, uh, young brave, do fine. Him make good laughing squirrel. I think he will, my father. How long before they... Ken, Thunderbird, did you hear that? Coyote's howl. Comanche, you don't think that... Danger! Near! Something happened. My father, that's foolishness. It's just, just a coyote, that's all. No, my son. When coyote howl, danger threatens. His Comanche legend. His true Comanche legend. I refuse to believe it. Kent, I leave it to you. What do you... Kent. Tumbleweed, where did Kent go to? I don't know. Didn't see him go, Comanche. This looks as though it's going to be a job for Superman. If anything happens, I want to be ready for it. The howl of that coyote may mean nothing at all. At any rate, they're going ahead with the ceremony again. Well, if it does mean something, I'm not going to be taken off guard. Well, there's Jimmy over there, still dancing on that drum. Nothing but the night and the forest surrounding those Indian fires. Anything is going to happen. Wait. Can that be the glint of a rifle barrel over there in the trees? And great Scott, it's pointing toward Jimmy. Up, up. Up. Thank heavens I've caught the bullet. Up, up, and away. Tumbleweed, did you see that? I saw it, Comanche, but I ain't believing it. I can't believe it myself. I saw, I think I saw a man swoop down under the night, pass Jimmy Olsen on the drum, then swoop back up into the darkness. Thought I heard a rifle crack, too. Well, Tumbleweed, whether we believe we saw it or not, my brothers certainly believe they saw it. Look at them, they're going wild. Hey, what's been going on here? Kent, where have you been? Well, I just went around to the other side to get a better view of Jimmy dancing on that drum. What's happened? Kent, you won't believe it when I tell you. While Jimmy was dancing on that drum, a figure, the figure of a man, a, a superman, you might call him, flew down out of the night and... Oh, oh, hello, my father. My son, I, you father, chief running fox, salute and venerate you. Why, I don't understand, my father. You have brought into the tribe young warrior to us called Laughing Square. He will be great chief, great medicine man. He is protected by... Crying eagle in shape of man. My father. My father, do you believe you saw this thing? 
My eyes are old, but they are keen. I saw. Hear me, my children. When I, chief running fox, leave you to go to happy hunting grounds, you will make chief one who has just come to us. He is guarded by great medicine. He is protected by flying eagle in shape of a man. White man call him Jimmy. We call him Little Laughing Squirrel. A great idea. Now the Comanches think the kid is the greatest thing that ever happened. You hadn't missed with that right. I'll tell you, I didn't miss. I'm a dead shot. You know that. You sure don't expect me to believe this story about a Superman saving the kid? I don't know what to believe. I saw something, but it was going so fast. Joe Chris. I'll tell you, I... Get up and listen to me. Regardless of what happened, you still pull this thing out of the bag. Now listen. We want to get our hands on these oil wells the Comanche Joe owns. Our job is to convince the Comanche tribe and their chief running box... That the legend of the Howling Coyote really has something to it. We'll never do it now with them believing the kid is protected by magic. Oh, yes, we will. But, Ross, and how are you going to do it? Now, look, sir. The kid's ace is with the tribe now, ain't he? Yeah. They think he's protected by some kind of medicine. But now we've got to show them that that medicine don't work against the coyote. Uh-huh. That coyote howled last night, those Indians believed, was a sign of common danger. But we've got to show them they were right in believing that. So what? Uh, so this. This afternoon, you're going to take that kid riding with you. You're going to take him riding on gentle lambs. I don't get it. You know Gentle Lamb as well as I do. He's the gentlest horse on the ranch until you touch him with spurs. Sir Dusty, you've got to see to it that little Jimmy Olsen, little laughing squirrel, wears spurs. Now, that horse goes crazy when you touch spurs to him, Ross. He'll kill a kid That's for sure. That's what I'm driving at. Take the kid riding in the general direction of the Comanche Reservation. You get some distance away from the ranch, you present him with a pair of spurs. The kid will wear them, all right. The minute he touches Gentle Lamb with those spurs, the horse will go nuts and it's curtains for the kid. When the Indians find him laying dead on the trail, I'll fix it for the coyote howl. You get me? I get you. To get the ranch, we've got to convince Chief Running Fox that the legend about the howling coyote is really true. And to convince him of that, we've got to get rid of the kid. Okay, Rawson. I'll take young Jimmy Olson riding with me this afternoon. I think I can guarantee that he won't come back. No, sir, he won't come back. Once again, Rawson, Comanche Joe's ranch foreman, plots against the life of Jimmy Olson. Will he succeed in putting Jimmy out of the way? Will his plan to force Comanche Joe into selling his ranch meet with success? Be sure to hear the next exciting episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Under the sky, look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt, and this episode aired December 18th, 1940, and has been called The Coyote Howl Part 3. I'm just going to talk about a few of my highlights in the episode now, and that would be the fact that Comanche Joe has arranged this tribal ceremony to induct Clark and Jimmy into their tribe, and... Clark and Jimmy were both given new Indian names, which roughly translated to, for Jimmy, Little Laughing Squirrel, and for Clark, the man with two pairs of eyes because of his glasses. So Jimmy is going to go first, and he is nervous about it, but Tumbleweed Jones was really getting along with Jimmy and told him what to do. So he stripped down dressed in buckskin and his face painted all over and he's hoisted on this great war drum and he's to do a dance and Clark and Comanche Joe are very amused and Chief Running Fox is enjoying it and the sound of a howling coyote is heard which the Indians believe is a sign of danger and so Clark slips away he's on guard as Superman And he does see a rifle poke out of the woods. And a bullet is fired, which Superman catches. Which makes the whole Indian tribe very amazed. And they just can't believe it. The brothers are going crazy. And uh, so now Chief Running Fox, after things kind of are settling down, he's saying that he's very happy that uh in no uncertain words but he's very he's really glad that Jimmy's in the tribe and he's proud of his son for bringing him to the tribe Comanche Joe's son and he's saying Jimmy will make a great chief great medicine man he's protected by a fine eagle in shape of a man and then Comanche Joe's like, are you sure you saw that? And the chief running fox says, his eyes are old but keen. He saw. And he's saying when he goes to the happy hunting grounds, he, he wants Jimmy to be the chief. And I'm just curious, how does Comanche Joe feel about it? About that? I mean, he's his son. I don't know if it's like Kings, how the next chief is decided. But, uh, so... And also in this episode, the whole them getting initiated sounds kind of easy. Uh, Clark was to go after Jimmy, but um, because of this whole swooping eagle and everybody thinking Jimmy's protected by great medicine, um, I think it really saved Jimmy from what might have been next. Because when I was thinking about rights tribal ceremonies or I was thinking of the one thing I remember being heard about and I did some research on it and I was thinking about like hooks and chests and body suspension and so when I was did I did look it up and I did find that there is actually a Comanche tribe initiation ceremony for a young Comanche aspiring to become shaman shaman or witch doctors 
and part of the ceremony included suspension by hooks passed through the flesh. And this would have been preceded by increasingly frenetic activity such as dancing and drumming, which would induce a state of self-hypnosis. So, wow, I don't know if that's where things were headed, but uh, I think Jimmy getting saved by Superman saved a lot of pain for him. And they, uh, Mondan, actually, they had this practice, the Mondan tribe, and it's called Okipa. So there's uh, fast and you'd fast and feats of strength and endurance and it could actually last for four days so bone hooks through your chest hanging ouch but thankfully we they didn't have to go through that and as we conclude the episode rawson and dusty are talking and dusty's saying he didn't miss somebody stopped with a bullet and now that everybody thinks Jimmy's protected by medicine, what are they going to do? And Rossin schemes and says, if they can co- convince the tribe that he's not protected, and then Comanche Joe will sell for almost nothing. And he plans to do this by using gentle lamb. And he wants Dusty to take Jimmy for a horseback ride. And gentle lamb's normally the gentlest horse on the ranch, unless he gets spurs. So he wants Dusty to get him away from the ranch towards the Comanche Reservation and Jimmy not knowing better, using these spurs that Dusty gives him, then Gentle Lamb will go nuts and it's curtains for the kid and Rossin will arrange for the coyote to howl. So how is he making this coyote howl? Is it a manufactured noise or is it a trained coyote anything's possible in the superman radio serial so put a pin in that and we'll keep tabs on that in future episodes and now i want to throw open the floodgates and say towards the beginning of the episodes we listened to an episode of the superman radio serial thus fulfilling the requirement of the title superman radio revisited and we can talk about anything after that plays in the theme song and this time i wanted to talk about it's superman by tom DeHaven. great book and i listened to the audiobook version and it was awesome and it takes place in the 30s and i could see it as a prequel to action comics number one it fits well with the there's a lot of good characterization the author really embodies the 30s in it and it's got a great voice cast, and I really enjoyed it. So, once again, I don't want to say much more about it, other than to say you should, if you really like the 30s, I think you'll, and Superman, if you don't, one or the other, um, just listen to it. It's the best. Highest recommendation, graphic audio. A movie in your mind. And... Since I mentioned in a prior episode David Prowse passing away, I thought I'd also mention now we lost Jeremy Bullock, the actor who played the original Boba Fett. So I got a chance to meet him once with my son Silas at the core in Cedar Falls, which is a 
comic shop there, Cedar Falls, Iowa. And he was a really nice guy, easy to talk to, and signed a poster for my son, misspelled his name. There must be a S-I-L-U-S version in English, England or something. And uh, But he f- fixed it, did a different one, and uh, we went away happy. It was a great experience, and rest in peace, Jeremy Bullock. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. Theme song was Escape from Krypton by Mark Hackenmiller. If interested, you can follow Superman Radio Revisited on Twitter, at Radio Superman. There's also a page on Facebook. And if you want to send a voice message to the show, just search for Superman Radio Revisited on the Anchor app, and I can play it on the show. All right, hi, this is Adam Avante from Sounds of the Screen, and we are here with Mr. Jeremy Bullock, the baddest and most famous uh, bounty hunter of all time. How are you doing today, Mr. Bullock? Uh, I'm doing very well. I wasn't bad at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, uh, Mr. Bullock, how did you get into acting? Well, I got into acting at the age of 12 after failing what we call an 11-plus exam. So to, just after 11 years old, you, you want to go where you want to go. I was on a sports scholarship to this school, but I failed the exam. So that was the end of that. Uh, three months later, I was at drama school. Fantastic. It was by accident, really. How does it feel being one of the most iconic uh, well, well, people on cinema as Boba Fett? Well, it's, uh, it's funny, really, because, um, you, you know, to me it was a job. You know, I did my job as, uh, in a film and said, right, thanks very much. I moved on to my next job, which was theatre. And only when the film came out, when all these letters started to arrive, and I thought, the only time I ever had letters from fans was when I was in a soap opera in the 60s. And that was usually letters saying, how dare you treat your wife like that, you're a dreadful man, you know, because they believe the stories. But it's been amazing since that, and I, every day letters come in from somewhere around the world. And it's quite extraordinary, all, all because I wore a mask. <laughs> how did it feel being Captain Colton in Revenge of the Sith as a cameo after so many years of absence in Star Wars set? Well, that was a very nice surprise. I was in Italy with my wife, visiting my son and his family, and we'd just arrived, and the mobile phone went. I mean, normally I wouldn't take the phone because it's supposed to be a holiday. But it was Rick McCullum, the producer, said, Jeremy, you know, George would like you to play this part. And, well, you know, welcome aboard. It's really nice. You know, so it, totally out of the blue. It was one day, mm-hmm. uh, but it was nice to be called back for the final film. So that was the, the final end. And to be part of the whole saga after six episodes and appear in the last one. And I wasn't cut because yeah. that could have happened. Yeah. Um, so it was nice. Yeah. Nice yeah. thought. Uh, do you have any uh, words of wisdom for any uh, actors or just things in general that help you through life? Um, what I would say is anybody who, if you really want to do it, it's a, it's a tough profession. I've been in it 50 years now. It, it's a tough profession. So if you're going to do it, I would never say to someone, don't do that. My boys, two of my boys sort of just flirted with it. Uh, but I'm glad, deep down, I'm glad they didn't get involved because there are a lot of people are out of work. They can be out of, you can be out of work all year. Thank you and goodbye.